Listen, you know, fear is at pandemic levels. Fear is, you know, viral today. And as you know, when someone gets in a fearful place for whatever reason, whether it's something real or not, it has a hormonal response. All of a sudden the heart starts racing. You start to breathe shallow. Everything narrows down your focus. And what happens is we go into survival. And we all have a survival brain because we all have a two million year old brain. And that brain's always looking for what's wrong. And unfortunately, there are a lot of people that tap into that today. I have a ritual that I engage in every day that keeps me going and allow me to quote Aaron Hudson as saying it's the best day of my life. Because if you own the morning, you own your day. And it's, it starts the frame of reference. You know, we all forget that if you're in a fearful state, you see everything differently. If you're in an angry state, you see everything through that filter. So every day I start my day by training my brain how to feel. And I do it for just literally 11 minutes, 10 to 11 minutes. Because you say 20 minutes, 30 minutes, people say don't have time. If you don't have 10 minutes for your life, you don't have a life. I want you to like this page and share it. I want you to call people that you know that are positive and that are motivated. And I want you to call somebody that you know that's in a funk, that they are depressed, they're feeling anxious, they've lost their job, they, they don't know what to do, they're feeling confused and powerless and hopeless. One of the things that's very important, because 26.1 million people have lost their jobs, and the numbers are growing. It's, it's probably much higher than that now. That's dramatic. That that's having a, a, a I mean, a, a, a catastrophic impact, not just on the economy, but on families, on people's lives, on their income, on their jobs, on the businesses. Well, there's always something to celebrate. I mean, people in times of war, if I know you read A Man's Search for Meaning, one of my favorite books of all time, Viktor Frankl, and he described how did the people survive? They created what's called a compelling future. They saw a reason to keep leaving, even though it was painful beyond a measure. Many people committed suicide. Many people just took their own lives. But the ones that didn't had a compelling reason, and they celebrated the time in which they'd be able to find meaning in their pain by serving others. And, and rebuilding our lives and, and reclaiming our lives and, and having a strategy of what we're going to do and how we're going to emerge out of this bigger, better, and stronger. Well, if you can have compassion for others and yourself, if you can send love to others and yourself, if you can imagine a healing light, a gold white light coming through your body like a shower that pours through. So the second step is three and a half minutes. You think about people you love and you pour a light and love into them. You see your own body healing. We just can't allow ourselves to be inundated with negative information day in and day out and allow the politicians to have the airwaves and saturating our minds with all the chaos and all the confusion and not have some words that that empower us individually and collectively and give us a role to play in this rather than sitting around with them coming up with some answers. We have some answers too. It's our lives too. And we have a partnership in this. We have to be an active force The reason is when you're grateful, it destroys the two emotions that mess us up, fear and anger. You can't be angry and grateful simultaneously. You can't be fearful 
and grateful simultaneously. So the first step after changing your physical state and emotion is to stack these three experiences. And if you do that every day to start your day as the first step, you're going to see the world through a different set of eyes. To turn this what has happened into something that's powerful. Amen and for evil, God meant it for good. You know, Zig Ziglar said something about fear. Not, he, he had three definitions of it, but I, I like the one is that he said about face everything and run. And then you move to the third step, which is focusing really on what we call your three to thrive. Three and a half minutes, the last part of the 10 minutes, where you think of three things you really want to achieve, but instead of thinking like you want them, you see this done. You feel a sense of certainty, you feel a sense of celebration. Because in that state of celebration, that sense of certainty gives you momentum, and now you want to go do something. When people are uncertain, that's when they don't take action. That's when fear takes over. Face everything and run, or face everything and rise. I like that one. Face everything and rise. If you don't celebrate, your energy level goes lower and lower. As your energy gets lower, you think more and more negative thoughts, more and more negative emotion, less action. Listen, the cure-all to your fear is massive action. And that's what a few people will do. The ones who will face everything and run, they've already gone to look at television and, and constant negative news and other just drama stuff and, and go to bed fearful tonight. They won't even get a good night's sleep. But let me share something with you because my message is not for everybody. It's for people that that have the mindset, that have the consciousness. This is for people that are positive, that are motivated, and that are hungry. Are you hungry? But you're not going to take that when you're in a state that's lowered. And that's why seeing the result, feeling it, owning it, because you know the mind does not know the difference between something you vividly imagine and something you actually experience. And so it literally starts to train your brain. Just think of this. Whatever gets trained together gets linked. Listen, why? Because faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing. Oh, I heard it before. No, listen until you're producing the results. When you start training your brain with that sense of certainty, that's what every great athlete has. You see it on the course. They walk out there and you go, I know they're going to make it. Or you, you see a guy out there and you go, he's going to miss it. How did you know? You could see the uncertainty in their body. So in times of uncertainty, leaders have to be certainty so you can help your children, so you can help yourself, so you can be there for your spouse. One, I can't say this enough. Work on your mind. Listen to things that empower you. Listen to upbeat music that builds your spirit. Listen to sermons that's got your name on it. Listen to motivational messages. Listen to me. The word yoga means union. Union means, see in your perception of life, there is you and there is the world. So it is you versus the universe actually. If you're not producing the results, you haven't heard it enough. You got to listen till it goes past the conscious mind to the subconscious mind. You versus the universe is a bad competition to get into. Hello? You have any chance of winning this? <laughs> you get into competition with the universe. Is there a chance to win this competition? No. You don't compete with the universe. So we found a way called yoga. You know, in, in the last 
24 hours, I generated over, just over a hundred thousand dollars. Well, you're Les Brown. Well, I wasn't always Les Brown. This Les Brown, no. And I didn't always know I could do it. And I didn't even know this Les Brown existed. Yoga means union. That means consciously you obliterate the boundaries of your individuality. So, there is no such thing as you and universe, it feels like one. You need to do little bit of yoga, otherwise your mind will get twisted out with all kinds of ideas, emotions and opinions. So you need a coach, somebody that can see what you can't see. I'm encouraging you because of the relationships. The relationship is very important. You work on your mindset. You read 30 to 40 pages of something positive every day. You listen to me every day for two hours. You can't help but change. If you open it up a little bit, if you obliterate your boundaries of your individuality, it's very easy because when you sit here, you see this person as a part of yourself, you have no nonsense about this one. Whether it's a man or a woman or a child or an animal, you have no problem with everything you will communicate absolutely because you have opened up your boundaries. If you have concretized your boundaries, this is me, this is me, then with this you'll always have a problem. If it's a man, it's one kind of problem, if it's a woman, another kind of problem, it's an animal, other kind of problem, I will tell you. I'm an assassin. I'll kill every negative, mediocre cell in your body. I'm telling you, I'm an assassin. You were born for greatness. Not to be a victim, no. Life happens to everybody, everybody. And, and no one escapes it. It's called, as Victor Frankl talk about in the, in the book, Man's Search for Meaning. It's called unavoidable suffering. See, if you look at it, what happens within a human being is entirely caused by him or her within themselves. Your joy and misery happens within you. Pain and pleasure happens within you. Right now, actually, even what is light and darkness happens only within you. Life is difficult. I wish I could tell you, you know what? All you can do, all you really need to do, just think positive and be enthusiastic that everything will make work out all right. Because what is light for you is darkness for some other creature. This is all the way it is happening within us or in other words, the very basis of your experience is within you. When the very basis of experience is within you, should you not determine what is the nature of your experience? I'm not challenging that. I'm saying when the disciples were amazed at the miracles that he performed, he said, these things ye shall do and greater things shall ye do. So I'm talking about those of you that are hungry to do the greater work. If you did determine what is the nature of your experience, would you make it pleasant or unpleasant for yourself? Definitely pleasant. If there is a choice right now within you, either to be blissful or stressful or miserable, 
What's your choice? A greater work, because you can, it's in you. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. So this ability to exercise this choice is something that we have not spread across in the society. We have not brought this into our children's lives. We have not made this a part of our education that the most important thing for a human being is that you are a wonderful human being. So work on your mind. I work on my mind every day. Every day I work on it. If you are a wonderful human being, when you are feeling wonderful within yourself, you naturally do wonderful things to everybody. When you are feeling horrible within yourself, you will do horrible things to other people. Before I got on this call here right now, this, this webinar, I was in pain. When I speak, that pain, get out of here. I say, you know what? He's in his flow. He's in his calling. We got to leave him alone now. And every human being can notice this. When they're happy, if you meet them, they are wonderful people. If you meet them and they're miserable, angry, frustrated, whatever else, they can be nasty human beings. Yeah, see, there's something for all of us to do. There's a calling on your life. And, and you're greater than your circumstances. You're greater than anything that has ever happened to you. So this dimension of life has been neglected in our eagerness to develop our economies, to exploit the world, do whatever, we are busy fixing the world. Yes, world needs to be fixed to some extent. But we think by fixing the world, everything will be all right. No, we also need to fix this human being. You take one step, I'll take two. And the people that do that, the people that go against the grain, the people who ignore the naysayers, the haters, the people turn a deaf ear to people telling them what they can't do. Fixing this human being means we have all gotten committed to individual identities and prejudices. From the simple aspect of gender, we are the same species, but gender has become like two different species. And so, do what you can do. do give it everything that you have. Somebody's going to recognize it and come to your aid, give you the help and support. Nations, ideologies, race, religion, all kinds of things have divided and fractured humanity in so many different ways. It is time that we instill this in our children and the future generations that life happens as one big whole. When you're in alignment, those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, right thinking, right words, right feelings, right friends, relationships, right actions shall be filled. What are you hungry for?